everybody, and welcome back to this edition of the Weekly Touchdown. My name is Brandon Muting. And I am Nick Sainert. All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to start off like we always have this these past couple weeks, is start off with an NFL division, see mm-hmm. what they need in free agency or the draft. Yes, sir. And then we get to talk about the XFL again. Yeah, which so, it's getting exciting. It is starting to get exciting. We still haven't seen overtime rules, which... It's disappointing, but it is. We'll get but, there. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully, um, hopefully this league is around long enough that we will have to get there. So exactly. So we're gonna start out with the NFC East first. So let's start out with the Dallas Cowboys. All right. So this one for me was a little bit hard to think of, but I'm gonna say an offensive lineman. Okay. I don't think there is enough pass protection for Dak Prescott. And people are like, well, no, Dak Prescott just fell off the map. No, I personally think it was his offensive line. And honestly, like Ezekiel Elliott didn't have the year he was supposed to, but part of that was the offensive lineman's fault. Yeah. So I'm going to say offensive lineman for the Cowboys. I'm going to say defensive back. Okay. Whether it's a cornerback, safety, anything like that. Because the thing is, they have a lot of free agents coming up this year. Um, Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, Byron Jones, Malik Collins, Robert Quinn, Randall Cobb, Sean Lee, just to name a few of them, quite a few that are going on to the free agent market. And so they're not going to be able to keep Byron Jones Jones from the cornerback position if they want to keep Dak Prescott, which I know they do. Yes. So they need to be able to have, because they just won't have the cap space, so they need to find a cornerback that a starting corner He's probably not going to be the level of Byron Jones. No. But they have some younger guys, Jordan Lewis from Michigan being one of them, that has an opportunity to see some big time on the field. So that would be my number one concern. Number two, I think they need a defensive end. Um, Okay. I think they need to trade away Demarcus Lawrence off of the defensive end. Um, And, hey, get a draft pick. Yeah. Yeah. There's Demarcus Lawrence, trade Demarcus Lawrence before it's too late. Um, let head coach Mike McCarthy kind of start fresh, but that's going to be a lot to ask of Jerry Jones, number one. But um, let M- Mike McCarthy start fresh and and see what he can do from the ground up with his Cowboys program. And I think it's going to be interesting for Jerry Jones because he was kind of strict with Jason Garrett and how exactly. he handled things. So I think he needs to give Mike McCarthy more freedom to exactly. do what he wants. And that's the whole thing with nobody wants to be the head coach of the Dallas. I mean, you do, but you also don't because you are put under the microscope day after day from this owner who probably one of the most richest man in the world, one of the most powerful man in the world, owning, owning the America's football team, the Dallas Cowboys. Exactly. And knowing that you can't go to anybody and talk about it or anything like that because the whole family owns it. So, um, they're all involved in the front office. And so I think the Cowboys actually lucked out getting a coach like Mike McCarthy. I do too. Um, he's a, he's a high quality coach. I never thought he should have been fired in green Bay. I thought he, I mean, he won a super bowl there in, yeah. uh, for the Packers, but they got a high profile coach just like they were wanting. They got rid of Jason Garrett, just like all the fans wanted. Now will the third part of that, which is Jerry Jones, maybe not being so hands-on on the, in the, in the organization, yep. maybe will that will that happen? Probably not. So it's just going to be interesting to see how much freedom that Jerry Jones gives Mike McCarthy and the rest of the coaching staff just to do their thing and not be put under the microscope so um, so often. And this this like uh, situation reminds me of the movie Draft Day, where the mm-hmm. owner is like, "Okay, well we're going to do this and this." 
But then reality, yes, it's the general manager, but then he ends up yeah. drafting someone else. It's like that exactly. situation. Exactly. Um, moving on to the next team, we got the Philadelphia Eagles, who struggled but somehow won their division anyway. Yep. I'm going to say wide receiver. Okay. They When they beat the Patriots, they had a very good set offense, and they were one of the most dangerous offenses in the league. This last year, they didn't do too much. Carson yeah. Wentz didn't have the year he was supposed to, nope. and I think part of that is because he didn't really have a targeted receiver. Yeah, he had he had lack of weapons. Exactly. And so I would have to agree with you. Um, they need to be able to have a sustainable target other, or other than Zach Ertz. Yes. They need a speed threat, and Zach Ertz is not a speed threat being a tight end. Another thing, they have 10 draft picks between the first and the sixth round. Their their last pick being 171 overall. And that's not even bad. So it's not even that bad. So um, they have a lot of opportunities in the earlier rounds, first through four or one through four rounds, to maybe draft a speedy guy. Um, Jerry Judy, trade up for Jerry Judy, trade up for C.D. Lamb, stuff like that, because they have number the number 21 overall pick right now. They're probably not going to fall. A receiver like that's probably not going to fall all the way down to 21st overall. Not at all. But you can trade up. You have 10 draft picks. There you go. Trade two of them away and get to get five spots uh, higher. Exactly. And there you go. Um, so just things like that. I mean, the way I make it, I make it sound a lot easier than I'm sure it probably is. Yeah. But, um, We're just looking from the outside. Exactly, exactly. So draft picks are becoming more valuable and valuable than as time passes on. And so come draft day, maybe it's something you want to look at um, as well as maybe a defensive back. There there you go. I think that they need the defensive back. Um, Ronald Darby and Jalen Mills, I believe is his name, for the Philadelphia Eagles are both set to be free agents. With only a cap space of um, about $45 million, probably not going to be able to keep both those guys around. No. Um, one guy they could look to trade is for Darius Slay from Detroit. Yes, that would or, be good. Or they could pick up Cowboys cornerback who's hitting the free agent market that I just talked about. Byron Jones. Byron Jones. Okay, perfect. And for the Philadelphia Eagles, here's the thing. I think everybody expected them to be in rebuild mode this season. Yeah. They still made the playoffs, and if they were planning to be in rebuild mode last season and they still made the playoffs, they really need to capitalize here. Well, and I think it shows what kind of quarterback Carson Wentz is. Yes. Um, just because we said it right at the start that there was he, we didn't have a lack of weapons. Or, yeah, they didn't have a, any – they had a lack of weapons, I should say. And so when you were able to make the playoffs with – a beat-up defense. That that defense was not good towards the end of the year just because it was suffering from so many injuries. Exactly. When you have that paired with no consistent wide receiver and you had a uh, two-man running back room with, oh gosh, I can't even remember their names. Uh, he's the Wisconsin running back. Um, anyway, uh, I want to say Corey Coleman. But anyway, once when you have that paired up, it's just not going to work. Uh, Corey Clement and Jordan Corey, Howard. Corey Clement, that's what it is. So anyway, so when you have those two guys, Clement and Howard, mm, Jordan Howard's not the same as he was in Chicago. And no. so um, it's pretty impressive on Carson Wentz's part to be able to lead a team to the playoffs when you barely had a team. Exactly. And Doug Peterson's actually doing a lot better job than I thought he would this season. Yeah, absolutely. He saved his job this last year because nobody was thinking – that he would be able to 
do anything and they exactly. did something. Exactly. Moving on to the Washington Redskins with a new head coach in Ron Rivera. Yeah. Good pick up there. Very good pick. This I'm very undecided on what I'm either thinking a cornerback, because remember Josh Norman is no longer gonna be in Washington. Yes. And yes, no, he was no North Carolina Josh Norman, but um or quarterback, but even even if I say quarterback, like I feel like they need to give uh Dwayne Haskins more time. Yep. But like I could see why they would draft a new quarterback because Dwayne Haskins didn't have the breakout rookie year that he was supposed to. Yep. So I'm kind of split between quarterback and cornerback. I would I would agree with you on the cornerback one, um, but I think it's it's pretty it's a pretty much done deal that they're going to get Chase Young as oh, the yeah. number two pick. And For so, sure. Um, they really need to mend their fence with Quentin Dunbar on the defensive side of the ball, who's a defensive back because. They, like you said, you are, they're already going to have to replace Josh Norman, so you don't want to lose a second guy and have to worry about replacing him. I'm going to go to tight end or offensive guard. They lost Brandon Sheriff, um, Sheriff, excuse me, uh, who's a guard from Iowa, top guard in the league. They're going to have to replace him. Um, but tight end, it's kind of interesting for me. So. Vernon Davis retired. Yep, and they're probably going to release Jordan Reed. So, with Ron Rivera being the new head coach, one possibility that I see is Greg Olson. He actually went to the Seahawks. Okay, well, there you go then. Never mind. <laughs> then No Greg need, Olson. Yeah, no Greg Olson. You need to find a new tight end. I totally forgot about that. Now that you say that, I remember that now. And honestly, like a lot of things have happened. We'll actually talk about this a little bit of it after we talk about the Giants, but there has actually been a lot happening this week. And it was very, it was all at once, and I don't think expected it. But we'll talk about that after we talk about the Giants. So speaking of the Giants, where do we go here with the Giants? This one, I'm not going to say quarterback because I think, I believe in Daniel Jones. I I like him. I I do too. Um, I think he just had a lot of pressure from coming off Eli Manning, uh, backing him up. I want to say safety. Um, after they lost Landon Collins, I thought that was one of the stupidest trades they could have made or releasing him. I believe they released him. Yep. I thought that was one of the stupidest things they could have done and they did it. So they need to build back from what they did wrong and get into their safety because their defense was very lackluster this season. I would, I would say I would stay on the defensive side of the ball and I would say, um, defensive end. Okay. So they are. Leonard Williams, who was a top four pick, I want to say, back it was in it was in Randy Gregory's class. I just remember that one. Okay. So just a couple years ago, um, maybe five years ago, he was a top four pick. So he's pretty young still. He's hitting the free agent market. I would really want. I really really think that the the Giants and Dave Gettleman need to figure out a way to sign him to a contract to get him back in New York. He was at the Jets and got traded. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. My, <laughs> I got excited talking there. I moved my microphone. Um, he was in the Jets organization, got traded midseason to the Giants. They need to find a way to salvage him. Um, talking about your your uh, safety position, I would have to agree. Um, Michael Thomas is kind of their best bet to be able to re-sign anybody. Um, their first round defensive back draft uh, pick last year, DeAndre Baker, I believe he's out of Washington, if I if I remember correctly, had a really really rough first season. So um, he needs to. 
I mean, New York, they can't give up on him, but they need to add a lot more talent to their secondary um, because it was it was torn apart in 2019. And I think what sucks for the Giants these past couple seasons, you really don't know what they need until, like, after free agency and the and, draft happens. And, and you're until like, it's oh. prevalent and you just get into a game and you're like, oh, geez. Yes. Why didn't we think that we needed a running back? What, what was they don't they have Saquon? So, <laughs> I mean, but still. Exactly. And it's just... It's hard to look at because I swear the, the past two seasons, like, you can guess what they want, and then you're, like, looking, and there's, like, an empty spot on the field with someone who maybe isn't that good, and you're like, oh, I didn't even think about that position. Exactly, exactly. That's a story every year with the Giants. Um, so here we're going to talk about um, just real quick what's happened to this week. Okay. Um, the first one being Austin Hooper is out of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. That was big because we just talked about their division, and we talked about how big of a role he would play. Well, he's leaving. Yes. Um, another one, Mitchell Trubisky is going to start for Chicago. Yeah. That's interesting. Greg Olson is going to the Seattle Seahawks. Which, which we found out. Which we did find out. And I believe that is all. I want to say there was one more thing, but I, it is left the top of my head. But all of those like happened in one day. I, I, I think Austin Hooper should go to Dallas. Okay. Um, yeah. Take Jason Witten's spot over there. Um, did Jason Witten retire again? He's a free agent. Oh, he's and a free agent. Frankly, if Jason Witten and Austin Hooper are on the same team, I'd start Austin Hooper in a heartbeat um, just because even if you are the Dallas Cowboys. And I understand there's a rich history between – or rich, yeah, rich past between uh, Jason Witten and the Cowboys, but we're in the, we're in the season of starting new um, with Mike McCarthy and hopefully with Jerry Jones not being so hands-on. And so here's an opportunity for Austin Hooper to go in and say, all right, it's my time to become the new Jason Witten-like figure at the tight end position here in Dallas. Exactly. And then one last thing. We already have talked about the Saints, their quarterback situation. I think it looks like Bridgewater's probably not going to be in New Orleans. Yep. Um, Hill is going to stay. Drew Brees has probably got a season or two left in him. Yep. Um do you think Hill is a franchise quarterback? We I don't. I just think that he is so valuable because he's just that our, our Swiss Army knife. He can do anything that you need. Um, and, geez, man, it's one of those where if you, you don't want to get rid of him because you know that when you do and you're in a game and you're, you're calling plays, there's going to be a time every single week that – Man, if we just had a guy that could throw and pass, or run and pass, excuse me, throw yeah. and pass, run and pass. Because he's a little older, too. He's in mid-30s, he's, I want to say. Uh, he's getting up there. And so um, I just think that – I think it's smart on the on both sides. I think it's smart on Bridgewater's side for leaving. I think it's smart on Hill's side – or, yeah, Hill's part to stay. And I think it's – I think the Saints are keeping the right guy. Okay. Because I think that – as of right now, Drew Brees is your quarterback. There was no wavering on that. No, not at it's all. It's not like Bridgewater was going to come in this year and take the job from from Drew. And so the thing is, is you're going to be able to uh, do a lot more within the game uh, from a trick play, fun, exciting kind of style of play rather than if you would have got, got – or let – Taysom Hill go to a different team and let somebody else use his abilities. Exactly. And they had a good situation, so they got to keep one of them, and now they're in a good spot. Now we're going to move over to the XFL. 
Um, what a week for the XFL. Yeah, tell me about it. What what got into the LA Wildcats? <laughs> and after, literally after we were talking about how they were going to get destroyed by the defenders. And how, the, how tumultuous the defense was. That was a big word, Dang. Thank you. Thank you. I, <laughs> I, I have that in my, in my phone saying, say tumultuous. I can't even say it right, but I think everybody out there knows what I'm trying to say. Yes. Um, n- did you get a chance to watch any of these XFL games? I did not. I had to work. Okay. I watched the Dragons and the Renegades. That was an interesting game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yes, let's talk about the Defenders and Wildcats. And then um, – or, actually, let's talk about the Wildcats versus the Guardians next week. Okay. But we are going to probably talk about the Wilders – or Wilders. Wilders, nice. Wilders, there you go. New XFL team, the Wilders. Okay, yep. the Wildcats – Beat the defenders thirty nine to nine. Yeah, without a heck, defensive man. coordinator. Yeah, what the heck? Um, they faced the Guardians next, and the Guardians, I believe, they've only one game, won one game. Yeah, I think they won their opening game. Yeah, uh, to the Tampa Bay Vipers. Yeah, twenty three to three, and so. So they're both one and two. Who do you think is going to come out? Do you think the Wildcats are going to be able to manage without a defensive coordinator, or do you think the Guardians are actually? Wait, wait, wait for it. Guard New York. That was funny. Roll on Wildcats. All right. Um, I think the Wildcats will actually get it done just because last week the Guardians, I mean, just had a bad performance. Um, and just looking at it, this is this is what I'm going to do, and you might make fun of me. So the Wildcats beat the Defenders 39-9. Correct. And the Defenders beat the Guardians 27-0. And so if that works out, that means the Wildcats must beat the Guardians. And so I'm going to say <laughs> – no, for real, though. I think the Wildcats will actually take this one. Um, hopefully they can actually start turning it around, and I guess we'll see at 1 p.m. Central Time yep. on ABC. <laughs> the, the only thing I'll give the Guardians credit for is their uh, uniforms. Their uniforms are cool. That's, yeah. that's, I'm going to give them credit for that. But. I think I – think, isn't Matt McGloin the quarterback there? Yes. Yeah, well, there's, there's your problem. Oh, okay, not a fan of Matt McGloin. Um, next What's he done? He's got a one and two record. Oh, you're, you're not wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. Okay. Um, the, ne- <laughs> the next one is the Seattle Dragons, who actually put up a fight against the Renegades until the until, second half. Yep. Um, and then the Battle Hawks, who are my favorite team, and the Battle Hawks are two and one. Yep, two and one, and the Seattle Dragons are one and two. And this is in St. Louis. I'm saying the Battle Hawks. I'm going to say the Battlehawks as well. I'm a, I'm actually if I had to cheer for one team it'd be the Battlehawks just so because they have the most Huskers and so uh go Battlehawks. And I believe Jordan Western Camp actually does not play anymore. No, he does not. I did not know that until this week. Um now the undefeated Roughnecks are going to face the projected champions this year at the very beginning of the season, the Dallas Renegades. This, this is going to be a good one. Be, yeah, good game. Um do you think the Roughnecks stay undefeated? I don't think so. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm doubting them. I'm sorry. Yeah. I think it'll be a good game, and maybe I'm. I really want to see the overtime rules. I really would love this game to go into overtime, but I don't know. I think the Roughnecks will take it. I think PJ Walker will be the difference, as he's been the whole year, and I think the Roughnecks win in a close one. All right, fair enough. Next By one. By safety. <laughs> By safety. By it's two points. Oh yeah. Well, I know what a safety is. Hey, um, I, I wouldn't put it past you. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. <laughs> Me and my knowledge of football, I guess. <laughs> the last one is the Defenders and the Vipers. Um, the Vipers, who are 0-3. Go Defenders. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's not much to say. Aaron Murray is 
is a trash can this year. Although you can't say we're going to be right because we said the defenders would blow out the Wildcats. Yeah, well, you know what they're going to do this week? They're going to blow out the Vipers. And you know what? If the Vipers beat the defenders, yeah, Nick and I will just uh, step down at this point. Yeah, I will step down. Okay, I, I was going to say, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. <laughs> I was going to speak for that, yeah, but okay. Yeah, I, mean, um, I don't want to leave. Oh, okay. I guess I'll just leave. But um, Okay. <laughs> that, could, that is it. I am currently taking applications for a new uh, <laughs> podcast partner if you would like to. No, I'm just kidding. Um, That's going to be it for the weekly touchdown. Um, Next week we'll talk about another division, go through more XFL games. We'll see how we did with predictions. The XFL is just hard to predict because it's the first season. So uh, my name is Brandon Muting. I am Nick Sainter. And we'll see you guys next week. See ya.